0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi everyone. I hope you had an amazing week. Well, we are now 2 weeks in a row in which two very different and unlikely subjects cross paths and I feel like I know a lot about both of them. And so last week it was Congress and the Housewives and this week it is Medical Societies and the Housewives. And oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts about this. So stay tuned to my conversation with Alicia a Rosen. We dive deep into the drama that exists between nurse anesthetists and anesthesiologists, and the societies that they belong to. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's drama everywhere, folks. Okay, it's not just housewives. (laughs) Well, this week on the Real Housewives of Potomac, I actually enjoyed watching the show, which is pretty great because the last few weeks I've just—it's been a chore to watch. I realized what I was upset about. And I feel like it's, I feel that we as the audience have been robbed of seeing some real conversations and confrontations occur on camera. And one of those is a confrontation between Candace and Robin. So the timeline made it kind of hard to capture. But Back in January 2023 is when we learned about Juan's potential indiscretion and everyone was very upset because we had just watched an entire season where Candace's husband Chris got dragged for allegedly maybe having indiscretions or approaching Giselle in an inappropriate way. And then to find out that the entire time it was actually Juan that did something like that. I understand why Candace was very, very angry. However, I really, I wish these housewives and reality stars would try to save some of their Feelings uh, for when it is actually time to be on camera. And what Candace did, and I know she had so many opinions and she was texting Andy and she was like all over Twitter and on YouTube. I wish she had actually kept it not to herself per se, but not gone on social media the way that she did. Because when cameras picked up, what I would have wanted to see is a sit down between Candace and Robin where Candace articulated, hey, last season my husband and our family got dra- like we were dragged through the mud and to find out that the real story is actually that your husband had done something inappropriate not my husband and yet you never came out and and said it and have that conversation but because Candace went on every possible social media channel and shared how upset she was with Robin in very harsh terms. I understand why she was pissed. I would be too. But because she did that, it robbed us of being able to see the interaction between the two of them. And then this week, something kind of similar happened in which we watched all the women in the episode speak about sexual assault and Karen's pave luncheon. And then after the episode aired, Candace came out and talked about how upset she was with Giselle for having the audacity to speak about sexual assault and ask questions about how she can keep her daughter safe and that kind of stuff when she had a sort of insinuated or you know insinuated that Chris, Candace's husband, had tried to potentially assault her last year. And I get again, like what she did with Chris was so wrong because she didn't just insinuate he was trying to hook up with her. She made it seem like he was being predatory. And that's not something that you can bring up lightly. And it, you know, there's a lot of ramifications from that. And you shouldn't you know lie about it. It you know even if you felt uncomfortable that's one thing, but she used a lot of other phrases Giselle did that really kind of led people to the conclusion that that's what she was trying to allege about Chris. So Candace was, you know, again rightly upset, but she went to Twitter and Instagram and what I would have really wanted is to watch this confrontation between the two of them at the reunion. And I just feel like we just keep getting robbed of these, like, real conversations. And maybe Candace just doesn't want to talk to Giselle anymore and vice versa. And so we're at an impasse. And that's why the show has become almost unbearable because of how much the two camps kind of hate each other. But I'm just really over it. And I feel like... I don't know. It's part of the show to hash things out. And if you can't sit down and hash things out, then maybe you shouldn't be on the show. And and maybe Giselle shouldn't be on the show. I don't know. I don't know which one of them has to go. It's just feeling so frustrating, you know. And what I actually enjoyed this week was watching Mia because she is, you know, telling stories about her, you know, past that are actually illuminating why she behaves the way that she does. And it's um, fascinating and it's harrowing and um, things are kind of like puzzle pieces are kind of coming together. So she talked about when she was younger, she was sexually assaulted and the night that it happened, it sounds like they were maybe in high school. Jacqueline, her very good friend, the one that was on last season Had left her alone with what I believe was at the time Jacqueline's boyfriend. And I think Jacqueline has guilt about leaving Mia alone. Mia resents Jacqueline for leaving her alone that night, thinking that if Jacqueline was there, maybe the assault wouldn't have happened. And Mia is kind of piecing things together and saying, you know, maybe I had subconsciously been, you know, punishing Jacqueline for leaving me that night. And All of a sudden I was like, oh, this is why the two of them have so much history and there's so many things that, you know, lie beneath the surface that we don't know. And it was interesting to find that out. And I mean, it was very brave for all of these women to speak about their own experiences. And I I really hope that it shone a light on how prevalent sexual assault is. And I I appreciate what how they handled it and how Bravo put a public service announcement about a hotline afterwards. I thought it was handled very well, but it was just, it's interesting to find out things as the season airs. And I don't know, I feel like I'm watching it sometimes on social media rather than on the show itself. Uh, Miami. Oh my gosh. I just love all the colors and the brightness and the fun even with all of the heaviness of what Gertie is dealing with, the show still seems light in some way. And I think I think it's because there are so many alliances and friendships, including those that are kind of you wouldn't think, such as Lisa Hochstein and Adriana. And seeing Alexia and Julia and their new friendship has been really fun to watch. And I really enjoyed all the women cheering on Kiki and cheering on Julia when they walked in Swim Week. It's just, it's fun. And then <laughs> to see Adriana with Emilio Estefan was just chef's kiss. I had so much fun watching like her in the studio at BravoCon. I asked her, you know loved your song. Do you have any more music coming out? And she was like, I've been working with Emilio Estefan. And she was like bragging about everything that we're now watching. So that's kind of fun to look back on the conversation with her and then see it all play out. Um, but, you know, going back to Gertie, it is very inspiring to see her handle everything and kind of go like roll with the punches as they keep coming and they keep smacking her in the face. And yeah, she did want to spend a week in bed watching The Sopranos and feeling sorry for herself. And that's totally understandable. But she's also like, okay, I'm getting another surgery. Okay, now I need chemo. Like, it just proves, you know, what Glenn and Doyle always said and a lot of other people quote, you know, we can do hard things and it is inspiring to watch and it's great to know that she's currently on the other side of it. And then finally, um, I thought the most excellent read of the entire season thus far was done by Adriana who clocked that Alexia is likely jealous of Dr. Nicole and that's why she kind of assumes the worst of Nicole and gets upset with her more easily. It's because Nicole is the real Barbie and Alexia is kind of the wannabe Barbie. So I thought that was just really interesting and I can definitely see it. So would like to know all of your thoughts as well. Um, so this week I have Aliza Rosen back on the podcast. Um, she initially agreed to come on because she had watched all nine seasons of Southern Charm in a row. And I wanted to get her thoughts on the series just as a whole. But we ended up talking about Beverly Hills a lot. You all know that she lives in LA. And so lots to talk about there. And we just had a fabulous conversation. So again, apologies for these super long episodes. Again, I'm trying to get back to like... (laughs) I don't know, maybe an hour long episode, but we'll see. We'll see how things go. But really appreciate all of you listening. Again, if you enjoy the podcast, go give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. It helps me get new guests. And as always, you know, if there is something that offends you or that you want to you know, constructive criticism, or just you want to share your thoughts on something, you can always reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. Okay, taking a quick break and then back with Elisa. Hi, everyone. I'm back with your favorite guest, Aliza Rosen. She's the founder and president of AYR Media, which is a production company that focuses on unscripted and documentary content, including podcasts, television, and film. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be back. Thank you for having me. And I am very excited for all of your research and good work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Elisa's coming on today because she actually did a full like 10 season binge of Southern Charm. And since this week, Southern Charm season concluded, we thought we'd be talking about that. But there's also so many other crazy things that have been going on that we need to dive into. But before we get into that, I need to ask you, did you see the trailer for The Valley? I did. I mean, it was short. It was very yeah. short.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I live within like seven minutes of all of these people. So <laughs> they already long. had me at the Valley, right? So it's it's really like nothing even needs to happen for me to just be excited to like see every restaurant that I go to and every sidewalk that I know, you know, so and it's Alex Baskin who is a friend of mine. He's a frequent partner and collaborator of mine. So he doesn't he touches very little that isn't amazing. So I have full faith. It's going to be great. And you know, listen, I'm a closet Jackson Britney fan, so I'm excited. You
1: are. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. Do you listen to their podcast? No, not that much of one. Okay. <laughs> don't forget, I also came late to BPR, so I binged it all after season ten. So I watched season ten in real time with everybody, and kind of knew what was going on because obviously I've been in the universe. But then I binged all nine seasons before it. So I got to see, you know, Jax at the beginning and then Brittany and Jax together. So I just, I love Britney so much and I just fell for them as, you know, obviously Jax is a nightmare, but I just think he's the one of the best who's ever done it.
1: That's so funny. So I read that Alex Baskin said in an interview that the eighth episode of this coming season 11 of Vanderpump Rules, there's a sit down between Sandoval and Jax, and that leads to an offshoot. So we are officially at the stage of reality television on Bravo, where we have an offshoot of an offshoot. And I'm here for that.
0: (laughs) Right, because Vanderpump started in Beverly Hills with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That is a beautiful, a beautiful full circle moment. I love it.
1: I'm interested in watching just because I sort of know some of the people. Like I know Janet. I don't know her know her, but we have some mutual friends and she seems like really, really to be a very kind and grounded human being. And... Oh, yeah. I just, I, her husband seems so sweet. So I'm like, how are these like really nice people going to fit? <laughs> I know it's wild. And Kristen is always such a weirdo outlier anyway.
0: So seeing how she's going to fit in, I'm excited. I just, I love it. I love it all. I I, I can't wait to see. I pray it's good.
1: I do I also am glad that all the couples are still together that are on the show. So that shows that a little bit. Well we'll see what happens after it airs. But it it does show that these are some sort of solid relationships. So I really miss Dossie though. I wish she was on it so badly. She is such a great character, but she has evolved so much as a person. Yeah, and a she's human. beyond it. She's beyond she- it. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, (laughs) I think she realized like what's, you know, wrong about how her, you know, like she was basically said she was trained to behave poorly because she would get rewarded for all her bad behavior. And then eventually she had to enter the real world and learn how to be like a kind, empathetic human being and a mom. And she's been on a journey. And I appreciate that journey that she is on, but I think she's a much happier version completely completely. okay we need to dive into beverly hills because yesterday i got a text from you that was basically like we you need to watch the after show after watching the real house beverly hills this episode this week that featured the gala for homeless not toothless (laughs) which i I mean it's just
0: (laughs) someone i don't know if they said it on the show or i heard it's just like why does we have to pick one Why do they have to be homeless but not – why can't they be not homeless and not toothless or, you know? So I I think Sutton said that.
1: I did a dive into it last year, (laughs) and they (laughs) seem to go by HNT. Like it was founded as like homeless, not toothless, but then they actually – are. it's a bunch of like dental – people like dental students, dentists, and they try and connect the people with like housing services and like other social support services. So it seems like a fantastic organization, but just an odd, odd crew. It's amazing they've (laughs) kept the name. Like after everything from last year, they actually kept it going is insane. I I was so happy to see, like, William H. Macy and Paula Abdul. Like, that's fun. That's <laughs> what I love. That's what we all watch Beverly Hills for is because they're adjacent to actual famous people, right? Totally. And I want to get into what I feel like everyone is now referring to as esophagate. <laughs> the esophagus in the room. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. So... Anne Marie has been going after Sutton because Sutton said that she was diagnosed or has a small esophagus, and that makes it sometimes hard for her to eat food. And Anne Marie, who is a nurse anesthetist, which we will all, we're all learning so much about the medical field and profession and varying degrees, is saying, you know, that sounds weird. That sounds like it's not a real diagnosis. And is kind of implying that Sutton use, using that as an excuse, but what she really has is an eating disorder. That's what I've taken away from it. Oh, definitely. I, by the way,
0: I mean, I know this has been discussed ad nauseum, you know, by many people, but, and I know you know this. It's a real thing. My husband has this. He what? had that procedure. Yes. He had that procedure to try to, um, make it bigger because it's too narrow. So it feels like you're choking like he's literally thought that he's going to die. You're actually not choking. It's just that it's getting, it. It it's not, it's so narrow that the food isn't passing through the way it should. And if you eat too fast or you eat too much at once. So this has been a, an ongoing issue for our family. We are personally wow. touched by esophage. I know. And and obviously a lot of people have come forward since it happened. So a hundred percent believe Sutton and listen, even if she has it, eating, just, Sort of on top of it, it's so out of line for Anne-Marie to even speak about it that it's actually insane, especially to crystal in such a caval- in such a cavalier way. I know that's part one, but I just want to justice for the narrow esophagus community. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, you know i was reading about it in the beginning and there's like so many different things that can cause it one of it is genetics like some people are just born with, you know like some people have small ear tubes and have to get tubes yeah. put in their ears well her brother has it too right yes so that was really interesting um there are other things that also can like lead to it but yeah i it's i hadn't really heard of it before but to question it and to like try and out her as actually she's anorexic or whatever it is it, like what are you trying to prove what what good does that do to I mean all these women I, I said last week, like I feel like the eighth housewife is disordered eating in Beverly Hills. They all seem to have such a complicated and healthy relationship with food and they're all trying to like catch each other sometimes like, well, you don't eat bread and you don't and it's like <laughs> guys it's like that meme of all the spider-man's like you know, pointing at each other. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's just, she has no storyline and she is trying to create something and saw an opening. Maybe it was prodded by Kyle. Maybe not. But I really think that uh, it just seems desperation to me. It screams it, desperate. It's
1: just odd that she's not letting it go. All she had to do was apologize and keep moving forward. It's clear that no one's on her side. Everyone's tired of talking about it. And I think Sutton would appreciate an apology and is like, fine. Like, I don't think she wants to keep it going either. So I love how Sutton's like,
0: she's like, I want to apologize for my part. And Sutton's like, my part? You're all the part. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. That's such a classic house size or like, you know, lame apology. when it's like, no, honey, like literally, I mean, listen, I'm not a Sutton apologist at all, but
1: she didn't do anything here. Like, it's literally all your fault. And at least she's got friends on the show who are telling her this is what this woman's saying. Now, if I was Anne-Marie and I was going on a show and I had this real profession and I would want to not get into it too much because I wouldn't want people to come after me and the licensing boards and that kind of stuff, right? So. You know, the way that Dr. Nicole handles being an anesthesiologist, like she talks about it, but she doesn't go into too much depth. It's not her entire personality. And she kind of keeps the show a little bit separate from her work life as much as possible. And I think that's a really smart way to do it. You don't want to discuss things that are medical and then be reprimanded or corrected by by others. Now, <laughs> It's so, it's so wild. Yeah. I know we're
0: going to jump into it, but but for a little, you know, I always seem to have some type of personal connection to all of these crazy storylines. So I produced a podcast with um, Tanya Bales. She was Dirty John's first wife. I was so just any... about to ask you about this. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh my god, crazy. Okay, so Tanya. So everyone knows that Dirty John basically became a nurse anesthetist, and it, or also. So known as CRNA because of Tanya and so Tanya was sort of like the original CRNA when I tell you first of all it was such a big deal to Tanya like she there is such pride I think that maybe they have a complex that they're like the red-headed stepchildren of the profession or something and also anesthetist is such a hard word to say and so I got schooled multiple times not in a mean way I mean Tanya is the loveliest person ever but you know she made a point, she she really didn't, she, she was so easy to work with, the only thing that she was a stickler about is that we get her profession right, it's said correctly, and that it's explained for what it is. So it's really interesting to me that Anne-Marie, who supposedly has so much pride in her profession, would represent it as anything other than exactly what it is and not try to educate people. And even, and we could obviously, we'll talk about this, but her doubling down today about you know, explaining it again, she's still not, and in the after show, she's still not explaining it. And it's so weird to me that she wouldn't just represent her profession for exactly what it is, which is an amazing profession.
1: Well, so I think my- part of the problem is that the way nurse anesthetists describe themselves and the way anesthesiologists describe nurse anesthetists are different. Anesthetist. <laughs> anesthetists. Anesthetists. Um, Say it with me. <laughs> so that's the issue. And this happens sometimes in the medical field where a profession that is not a doctor is able to, as a result of licensing and laws and different things, perform – things that are usually performed by doctors. And doctors tend to be very guarded and don't want um, people who don't have the same training as them to do all the same things. A great example of this is uh, pharmacists. So pharmacists you know, are trained in medicine. They know the most about drug interactions all of that kind of stuff. But during the pandemic, there was a law passed uh, that was like a temporary law during the public health emergency that allowed pharmacists to vaccinate children. Normally, pharmacists don't vaccinate young children, right? Because they're like, this COVID vaccine is rolling out. But they did it not just for the COVID vaccine, but for flu, for MMR, for a bunch of other things. And pediatricians were like, you're not really trained to give a young child a vaccine, right? And plenty of people have had stories where they brought their kid to get get a shot, and it didn't work out so great, because they're just not trained in all the different techniques of how to do it, and if a kid's crying, and if their leg is moving, and all of that stuff. So with cRNAs and anesthesiologists, My very small Googling that I did is it appears that 22 or 23 states basically allow cRNAs to do what anesthesiologists do. And the rest of the states don't, you basically have to perform, but underneath like an anesthesiologist. So I think. What about California? I don't know which states are which. I didn't get into that. But that's, like, so fascinating. We should look that up, actually. It
0: is. But here's the thing. Okay, so up until seeing that clip of the after show, I – listen, I love Crystal. We're friends. But I was like, wait a minute. Chris, we're all believing Crystal's word – that Anne-Marie said she was a doctor. Like, it's a, he, it's a she said, she said to me, right? Because we've never heard her say she's a doctor. Crystal easily could have misunderstood that she had called herself an anesthetist or, or not had said the word nurse, said anesthetist. She thought anesthesiologist. You know, I don't think it's fair to Anne-Marie. But then I watched the after show clip where to me, she clearly was trying to, Um, there's a great word for it. It's escaping my head, but- she was trying to to kind of fool us a little bit and mm-hmm. not owning it. And that's when I thought, oh, my God, she probably did say confuse Crystal and say I'm basically an anesthesiologist or something, because up until that after show clip, I didn't necessarily believe that Crystal heard her right.
1: And now I believe Crystal. So in California, nurse anesthetists do not need physician supervision. So essentially, she does perform the work of an anesthesiologist. She's not lying. But you don't know what she
0: said before. Well, what she's saying now online, okay. But you don't know how she presented it to Crystal.
1: Right. And so what happens is a lot of nurse anesthetists like to use the term nurse anesthesiologist. And she's saying that's an okay term to use. That's not entirely accurate. So there was a Supreme Court case uh, in New Hampshire on this issue. <laughs> this, this
0: is how much Oh, the- my God. Now you're <laughs> doing medicine and law. What's next, Mandy? What is next? So, you're a woman of all trades. The
1: nurse anesthetists in New Hampshire started calling themselves nurse anesthesiologists. So like the official CRNA started using that term. And the American Medical Association basically brought them to court and is like, you're misrepresenting who you are and what you're doing. And it's confusing. And the court ruled with the American Medical Association. Interesting. When was that? um, It was not that long ago. It was in 2020. Interesting.
0: But she's still behaving as if that didn't happen. And essentially...
1: That was also in New Hampshire, right? So the yeah, the law right. only applies to New Hampshire. So we don't know what, and maybe New Hampshire is one of those states where CRNAs have to be under physician supervision. So it is like a really complicated situation oh and a very political medical situation between Clearly. the association that represents anesthesiologists and the association that represents nurse anesthetists. They're like which, fighting over who
0: well, she said yeah. that. She said like the reason why it, she said that in her online post today, which was like the reason that I'm kind of fired up about this is because they've always kind of left us for dead, you know, and, and mm-hmm. not acknowledge what we do. But I mean, look, the fact is she did not go to medical school, not to say nursing school is an incredible accomplishment. Her career is not an amazing accomplishment, but she didn't go to medical school and she didn't. Right. And she's trying to kind of obfuscate. That's the word. She's obfuscating. And I hate when people do that
1: she's also saying that the reason that Crystal is so bothered by all this is because <laughs> Crystal is jealous of the fact that she's a nurse anesthetist and went into jealous medicine. Jealous of
0: what? Jealous right? of what? Your I mean, CRNA? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Crystal, I mean, come on. Come on. I, I mean, it's just silly. I, I think, you know, Crystal has a really good radar for people. I think, I, you know, i in getting to know her, I've realized that. And she's also, you know, younger than a lot of the women. She's very up on, you know, social media and like she'll go down the rabbit hole on researching people. And I think she found out pretty quickly who anne was at the beginning of the season, if not before. So there's other stuff going on. I don't know what's going to come out and what isn't. But we know as fans, a lot of stuff about anne that hasn't come out on the show yet. So I think Crystal clearly saw anne for for... Uh, you know, not necessarily representing who she is on multiple levels correctly. Let's just say that. That's a great, very diplomatic
1: way to to describe <laughs> what's been happening. But it is very fascinating to watch the Medical Association then weigh in. So I think the reason they weighed in is because they can. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean that, like, the American Medical Association kind of can't. So a really, really large medical association that has a lot of members and a lot of attention on it can't be as, I guess... Um, shady? Shady in their social media <laughs> It was media a little posts. shady.
0: I was kind of surprised. like, damn. I'm shocked
1: and I actually don't think it was a good move by the association at all. It's, I agree. If Bravo fans are applauding <laughs> you for being shady, that does not help like bolster your seriousness as like a medical association
0: well it's like a little like the congressman doing receipts proof timeline which was like iconic and amazing but also like oh yeah yeah what is happening here well
1: that was <laughs> such a circus of a hearing right. that i would argue that he was almost <laughs> acknowledging he was how crazy the hearing itself was okay so fair i i stand by what he actually did i feel like he wouldn't have done that at a hearing that was being done in the right way so did you ask him to come on the podcast i want to i I know you said that you did i you know i have the ability to look up who his communication staffers are but reaching out to his professional staff <laughs> for like a i just don't hey know.
0: do you want to talk bravo congressman i just i don't oh, know we'll see it would see. be amazing
1: Maybe I'll stop by his office (laughs) next time. Just stop by. uh, People are there. I just saw AOC on Thursday in the hallway. No comment. You know. (laughs) But it's just like, they're there. They're human beings. They walk around, you know, and it's It's kind of shocking when you see them. Like the ones that, you know, you see on the news. Like most of them are celebrities. Yeah, Yeah, the celebrity politicians. Anyways, so... How do we think this is going to move forward with Anne Marie? Do we? I was almost feeling when she came on the show that they were downplaying her so much on the network as a result of things that had come out, like her husband absolutely has been accused of I abs- rape.
0: I was going to say, are we going to talk about husband?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> the rumors. Um, yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. That they did a major cut hot, hatchet job, which is why we're seeing seventeen dates of Suttons. Because I truly believe that oh. a lot of these boring filler scenes were anne Marie scenes that got cut. I, I have no, by the way, no basis. Well, I have no you're inside info. A producer, but a, though, so yeah, I feel just, like you can feeling.
1: you can get feelings that the rest of us. I just felt like they weren't having her on Watch What Happens Live the first time like I don't think she was on Watch What Happens Live during her first episode. Necessarily. Has she been on yet? I don't think she has. I don't know. I don't remember. Usually her being when on. they roll out a new housewife, they like roll out yes. a new housewife, right? No, they're they're clearly burying her and
0: they had no choice I think with all this because it became the main storyline, so they're like we can't cut around this and it's good. It's great entertainment. So, but I absolutely think that was that they, she, I mean, she was holding a diamond. She, they didn't, they didn't pull a Mary. Remember when like Mary got demoted to friend of like mid season and then they just kind of (laughs) made her friend up for the whole season. I think it was season two or even season one. Like it was, we're like, what's happening? Why is Mary in the closet? So I think that (laughs) they had, I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of those extra scenes went in that would have been cut. And then obviously when they picked up cameras again with Kyle, which they'd never done before, you know, in this way where they're filming brand new scenes, I think a lot of that got replaced even to fill in some earlier episodes where we're supposed to believe they happened in the timeline and they were actually filmed after the fact. Again, no firsthand knowledge. It's just a gut feeling in your
1: face. <laughs> it's so funny. Also, one other thing, just going back to the nurse anesthetist uh, yes, of it all, please. is there was there is a like... A change that has been made in the education of CRNAs that starting in 2025, those who go to graduate schools for this will have to earn a doctorate of nursing, not just a master's. So they are wow. kind of upping the ante, and I feel like that's going to get so that they'll be called doctors. Now, people who are currently CRNAs won't have to go back to school but any new CRNAs will have to meet this requirement. So then are they going to go by doctor? And then is that going to confuse people? Because the doctor of nursing, you know, you can a doctorate. Dr. How Wendy's many years? Doctor. How um, many years? I don't know. I know right now it's between three, two and three. And I think it, I might guess it would go to like four, four or five, Crazy. you know, because physical yeah. therapists also right. are you know, get a doctorate of physical therapy and that's a four-year degree, medicals, the four-year degree, but then you have to do all this training that is very, very, very extensive. And I think that's what anesthesiologists get bugged about is the amount of hours and training they have to do where they get paid very, very little and, you know, they're in debt for medical school and then they do residency for multiple years and then many do fellowship after residency. So, um, like, Dr. Moon is a thoracic anesthesiologist. So uh-huh. she, she... Oh, that Dr. Moon. Yeah, I Dr. Dr. Tiffany Shannon's. Moon. I was like,
0: I thought you were talking about Shannon's herbal No, no. I, I'm like, wait, what? I'm not
1: sure he's actually a doctor. <laughs> no, there, no way. Oh, no,
0: Tiffany Moon. I love Tiffany Moon. So
1: Tiffany Moon went to specialize in being an anesthesiologist for people undergoing thoracic surgery, which is, like, okay. one of the most complicated, so it's, like, heart lungs yeah. you know people are on bypass during uh, surgeries right. there's just a lot going on so mm-hmm. it's uh, tens of thousands of hours i think of um clinical work that goes into before you are able to be considered a practicing physician when you're not a trainee so like by that time people are like in their thirties they're you know like it's it's a whole thing and so I, I get the beef between the two and it seems as though many CRNAs want to represent themselves as doctors when they're not med- like as medical doctors and that's why I got to the dirty John of it all because he pretended to be a doctor and that oh, yeah was, wearing the scrubs
0: and the whole mm-hmm. thing.
1: Yeah, I mean nurses right. wear scrubs too but he would say he was doctor John oh, yeah. you know yeah. that, <laughs> oh god Mehan yeah. Um I also need to get your opinion on the Kyle and Mauricio of it all so My favorite what subject. we've <laughs> seen is that she's showing that they're growing apart but then there's and then she'll say that she's frustrated with him for traveling and not being around for important events but Ben, when people point that out, she's like, well, don't pick on him. He had to, like, don't, you know, why are you they looking at us weird whenever we show up at events together? You know, it, it's almost like she's leading us down a path. And then when we j- jump to a conclusion, she's like, well, how would you, why would you jump to that conclusion?
0: It's maddening. The level of gaslighting Kyle's been doing all season. I mean, even, okay, if you, you want to really go there, you want to go there. So <laughs> the, even if you recall, and we can go back because I was dying to know your new opinion if you have one on the, the Morgan and Kyle of it all, because when that music video came out and you're like, no, oh, I think they're just friends. I'm like, Mandy, what? But <laughs> even when that came out, the, they did interviews, right? And they're like, well, we just decided, you know, people are talking, let's give them something to talk about. And then we found out that that video was filmed way before anything came out about Kyle and Morgan. So it was complete bullshit. They were already... You know, in my opinion, hooking up months and months and months, maybe years before that. So that's where the gaslighting all started. All season has been gaslighting with the two of them being close friends. I mean, I, I have to pause on my rant here and say, do you really truly believe that they're not together together?
1: I'm starting to I, think I, I will, maybe they are. But
0: starting to think Yeah. Maybe. Well, this is insane this is insane
1: i i don't know i think they probably are and because she's not separated from mauricio or because they that's are separated not, well because well w- when the show was currently um like when right it was when they were filmed, filming
0: the the um it was the, not the mental illness event
1: it's almost as though and i've read so many books where people talk about their like the demise of their marriage and how they just keep acting as if they're married when they're like in turmoil. I feel like that's what we're seeing from Kyle and Mauricio during filming. And then shortly thereafter, they act, they have to announce a separation because it's just so obvious that they're li- living separate lives.
0: Right. I mean, I, I definitely, I believe they were separated this entire season before they picked the cameras up. And they, like you said, they were forced to do these scenes. But I found it so offensive. By the way, I don't like Mauricio. I think Mauricio was the reason that the marriage started to crumble. So this is not defending Mauricio. No, totally. Yeah. However, I think it's really shitty and shady what Kyle's doing. Clearly, this is what my, this is all my opinion, all alleged. But I think what broke the the camel's back on this marriage was that he, he cheated in a way that was unforgivable. And that began and that coincided. I don't know exact timeline, but that also coincided with her best friend um, taking her own life. And then, meeting Morgan. And again, I don't know the timeline and if everything overlapped or if there were months between everything, but it obviously was the perfect storm. I know that, I know he did it, because Teddy basically said it on her podcast, and I probably even talked really? about this last time. Yes. Yeah, she did. she alluded to it, and then she said it on Watch What Happens Live. She's like, when you're angry and it's hard to forgive your husband, like she was basically. And then she's like, when Edwin cheated on me, which I've never talked about, it was like, oh, so so we're right. So Mauricio did did cheat. So yeah. So so basically, and that's why Kyle's so angry because I think a lot of marriages. That listen, I mean, what is it over 50 percent of marriages fall apart and some are obviously nasty, but there's a lot where there's no hard feelings. It's just we grew apart and we're moving on. But I think that Kyle's trying to punish Mauricio. And I think that she's purposely doing it on camera. I think that's why he looks completely confused in every single scene. And they're playing up his reaction shots. I mean, every time it cuts to him, he's like, oh, Like literally. <laughs> nobody told me what we're doing here. Like it's crazy to me. And why she says in the testimonial, Would I have wanted Mauricio to be here? Yes. Do I hate that he was traveling? Yes. No, Kyle, you told him not to come. Right. This was your night with Morgan. And that's why you told all the women not to bring their husbands. And the fact that you would not say that in your testimonial and make it seem like he abandoned you so you can play victim and then go online and go, I've said this already, but I'll say it again. Mo said he wanted to come and he would change all his plans around, but I told him not to. Don't pile on him. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Cut to literally you saying, do I wish he had been there? Yes. I mean- Uh, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, Kyle. I'm so, uh, like, I want to scream because she does this all the time and it's making me mental. And I said, I joked around, I even said to Alex yesterday, I said, if Kyle shows up at that reunion without an engagement ring on and pronouncing her love and that Morgan and her are going to end up together like living in some cabin in Aspen, I will be very disappointed. Because at this point, it's like, you know, sorry for my crassness, but you've been blue balling us all season. Like, get out with it.
1: Get out with it. Right. And it's because she has always told other people that they have to be honest. That's the part that I get frustrated about. If she, And it's if in everyone was, else's business. And if this was all really going on and she wanted to, like, keep some of it because of her daughters and uh, I don't, they, maybe they said, right. Mom, please don't share right. this. You know, it makes us uncomfortable or whatever it is that's kind of why I think she's maybe not sharing also because there's going to be overlap between if if she's really with Morgan before the marriage ended there would be overlap and she doesn't and don't put Morgan on like that. on camera don't do any scenes with Morgan then. that's right but then you know fans would get frustrated anyways <laughs> I, she almost can't win but the reason but it's almost like she's getting a taste of her own medicine because when she used to tell other people just be open and honest just be open and honest and they had difficulty like denise denise was in an impossible situation also now kyle is in this impossible situation where she's juggling what i think is what her kids wants are you know and her kids are also suffering as a result of the marriage ending and it's not easy You know, for their family, especially Portia. You know, it's like all the other kids are grown, and it's like who's raising that kid? Like they're they're jet setting all over. I know. Mauricio's photos from New Year's Eve were just so obnoxious. It's like, how old are you? It's It's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's all so cringe. Justice for
0: Portia. I say this all the time. I always, because my daughter is close to Portia's age, and we have some mutual, you know, connections. And I said, can you imagine if Dad and I were splitting up, and I'm out gallivanting around the world with a 28 year old? Like it is so. I mean, I just, I, I think Kyle's spiraling. And I think that, you know, probably some good has come of all of this. She's totally entitled to a second act and to finding herself and for her wanting all these new things in her life. I'm not I'm not begrudging her that. But I think the way that she is with Morgan, I mean, the only thing I can relate it to is like a high school relationship. But I don't even remember it being that giddy or, you know, even with like my biggest crushes and boyfriends. Like I it just it's so out of control to me. And I think that you know what she went through with her friend was so traumatic, and yeah. I think that feeds into this a hundred percent. You could, there, you know, it, it it obviously shook up her entire world. Having said all of that, um, I, I think that she's planting. I, I I think, by the way, to your point about she doesn't want to expose stuff because of her kids. I think that she's. Intentionally bringing Morgan on I think she's trying to help Morgan's career. I mean, she's making this documentary with her Mm -hmm. and she's doing her music video. She's got her on her Amazon lives. I think she is trotting out Morgan for every opportunity. And I also think she's so in love that she doesn't even realize how any of this is coming across because she ain't fooling anybody. But I think she thinks she is fooling us
1: and it's wild to watch it wild. Yeah, it's so crazy. I just didn't want to get into the, like, outing or the suspectic. I just... But it's not even
0: outing to me. Like, if it was a yeah. man, would we be saying that? I mean, to me, it's just, like, it's not even about gay or she's gay. It's not even about that. It's, like, clearly she's in a relationship with this woman. What they're doing in their bedroom, I don't know or care. But she doesn't behave We Kyle is a woman who we've watched for 12 years. She has very close girlfriends. Like, she is ride or die for, you know, Faye, she's known forever you know, she's got a lot of, you know, Teddy, we've never seen her like this with anybody. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah,
1: no, it's different. It's definitely different. What mm-hmm. I find so interesting about Kyle and like why I do find her so watchable is that she truly seems incapable of having direct communication. She's never witnessed it by her mom or her sisters. And, people around her always kind of speak in code. And so that's how she communicates. And rather than telling Mauricio what she really wants to tell him, she's just like, oops, I'm giving him a taste of his own medicine by not letting him know that I'm going to Spain. I'm like, well, do you know that he's going to be in town? Otherwise, who's going (laughs) to watch Portia? I keep thinking about what is, you know, you have a child that's 15 years old. You can't just... I, I mean, I'm I'm sure she's cared for, and there's an adult around right. <laughs> her, but it does feel like her mom and her dad are both like just running around and and not and so her being so passive aggressive is fascinating because if, for the life of me, I couldn't communicate that way. I don't know how. Well, two things. One is I think that's how their relationship has
0: lasted as long as it does because as Uh it has sorry because I think Mauricio is he's just like kind of a like a, a simple guy I mean let's be honest like he's the, you know he's not deep you know he doesn't necessarily strike me as super smart I mean he's fine but he's he's right here you know and their life has been all about Beverly Hills glitz and glamour and you know not really going below the surface and I think that's what's happened with Kyle she realized that she wants more. and and that. But the other part of this is if you've watched Paris and Love or if you've read about the Hilton sister or the, the Richard sisters, I mean, this is literally how they communicate. Hello, Paris Hilton didn't tell her mom she was having a
1: baby until she put it in her arms. Like that's psychotic behavior. But this I, is how. I don't think that's psychotic. I think that was extremely intentional and not oh, it, passive. Uh, I think she's like, I need to protect this one I thing. I get that. But.
0: I guess for it to get to a point in a relationship yes. where you need to hide that is I'm saying I'm not by the way, I'm not saying Paris is psychotic. I'm oh, saying that yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that behavior no, Kathy to is me, yes. yeah, Kathy
0: is toxic and, yeah. and a narcissist and all of that, but it's I'm saying these this this family is very dysfunctional, extremely dysfunctional from big Kathy. And so anyway, that is why Kyle is not a communicator, and
1: never has been. I want to ask you one quick thing before we get into some other stuff. But yeah. there, there's just so much. But, okay, we've got Crystal <laughs> and her brother. Do you care about that storyline? Is that interesting to you? Oh, sorry, Crystal. I, I know. I, it was an interesting story, right? Like how the pandemic, what it did, and how, you know, you could – Anyways, um, <laughs> and then Erica, this is the main thing I wanted to ask you. Uh-huh. She seems to be having a redemption season. She's been very smart about how she is showing up on this show and who she's talking to and who she's aligning herself with. I mean, the biggest kick I got out of this last episode was when she was like, oh, do I know you? Oh, my God, you're my dentist.
0: <laughs> I need to come back and get those bleach trays. I was dying. I oh, mean, my gosh. That was hilarious. Hilarious. I know. And I hate it. I hate that she's had some good singers, and I'm laughing and I'm and I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Do not let her charm you. Remember, remember how she said she didn't care about the victims. So I will not forgive Erica. But
1: yes, yeah, she is a gifted player. I will give her that. I like watching her on the show when it gets to be I even enjoyed her as a villain. So it's like I never really want her off the show, even if she's a bad person, because she's so entertaining. And what's interesting is like we've seen her get annihilated from fans for being associated with a crime but not committing it. And then we've seen another housewife kind of get off scot-free for committing a very, very, very heinous crime. So, you know, it's very kind of similar crimes, like defrauding people who don't have the means to protect themselves. So, (laughs) I mean, we don't have to relitigate it, but I really, I
0: agree with you, obviously. But I really feel like it's how she handled it. It's how she handles it. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's just like if you had just been normal and been like, obviously, this is awful. Like, I really think everyone would have given her grace. It's like she doubled down at every turn and it was really bizarre. But one thing I wanted to say um, about Erica uh,
1: is that. I'm completely spacing. I lost my train of thought. Do you think her lawyers, though, were telling her? Because she kept on being like, my lawyers told me not to talk about it and not to talk about it and not to admit to anything because then there'll be more lawsuits. And maybe, but there's a way to do it that's just more humane. She just. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: So angry and narcissistic and awful that it was, you know, and I'm just not completely buying this redemption arc of like, I was horrible. I was going through it. Like, obviously she was going through it, but I just, I mean, you and I, you know, probably talked back in the day about the timeline and everything. Like at a certain point, she did know. She did. Mm -hmm. She knew and she didn't care. And she only cared when it got to the point where she was going to be possibly charged with a crime. So I just, I think, you know, look, she's a survivor And I think you're right. She's excellent for reality TV, but, um, and I don't want her off off the show, but
1: I can, I'll never get back on board with her. I just won't. It's just so interesting because like if she was at all complicit, they would have found out. That's how, that's how, that's what I believe. There's so much info there and they've done so much digging that there was not enough of a case to indict her as well.
0: There wasn't enough of a case, but I still and again, I'm like, we're not really look gay, but I'm gonna say I but I think I didn't I don't think for eighty percent of the time she knew what he was doing. I believe right. that she didn't care, she didn't care. The money was coming in and she was rolling in and that's what she wanted. She said that. I mean I'm right. not I'm not judging her for it. She said yeah. she wanted she wanted a sugar daddy and she got one. But once she did know and Erica is very smart. So this is not a oh Teresa, I don't know what I signed. Erica knows how to read a lawsuit. She knew what was going on. And when she tried to paint herself of like, I've never been to an ATM. Tom dissolved, it's like, come on, girl. You and then it was she said, you know, I file my own taxes. You know, so she gave us ten different stories. I think at a certain point she knew and uh, she didn't care because she kept defending him. She stayed with him. And then the narrative about why they broke up changed 50 times. I still, don't believe, I still don't believe a word that comes out of her mouth. I will say that. Do I think it rose to the occasion of an actual crime? Like you said, no, probably not. Or she would be indicted. But I think that she knew way more than she claims to have. And I don't think she's, she's an innocent party in, in at least the last three years of the debacle.
1: Interesting. Well, speaking of not believing a word that comes out of someone's mouth, let's head over (laughs) to Salt Lake City. So I felt this episode two was a little bit more of a filler. You know, we found out more crazy things about Monica's mom and how she really wanted to be on the show herself. We saw Monica get caught in more lies saying she didn't say things when there was audio of her saying those very things. I mean, do you feel that if Monica does come back, Forget the other women. Can the audience trust her?
0: No, but like, I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, how did Lisa Barlow come back? I mean, to me, because I was watching. I was thinking about this. You're this right. Morning, I, was, I was watching Meredith being interviewed on Sheena's podcast. Did you see this clip? No. And she, yeah, it must have been very recent. And Sheena was like, "Could you, like, could you accept Monica back?" Basically, and. And Meredith's basically like, look, everyone deserves a second chance, but not necessarily in this venue, right? So she's basically saying, like, I would avoid her. That's what she said. I would avoid her. And my I think is, like, I get what Monica did was really shitty, but Lisa Barlow said the most horrendous I things know. you could possibly say. And they went back and filmed together. Like, to me, it's so insane that she can't film with Monica, but she could film with the woman who said, you're a whore that's fucked all in new york you're the family that <laughs> half poses <of> new york. <laughs> you're half of new york sorry that's not fair only half of new york your husband's never had a real job like insane things yeah and but the, you know how could we trust lisa barlow she said all of that on the hot mic like how could we trust any of this meredith looked at like outed lisa you know giving bjs for utah jazz tickets she told that she you know had a shady sec filing like they're all snakes i'm sorry I I just think it's... I'm not buying... By the way, I think Monica's horrible. I really do. And she might even be sociopathic. I have no idea. Seems like it. But Heather lied to us for two years about the goddamn black eye. Mm -hmm. Multiple stories in multiple outlets. I still do not forgive her for this. So, again, they're all liars. That's why they're good at the game. So to put it all on Monica, who, by the way, I really thought was an incredible addition. And from day one to this series, I, I have no problem with Monica coming, coming back. I think there, I think it's going to be very difficult for her to come back. Mm-hmm. And it will be very interesting to see. I think they will bring her back, but it'll be interesting to see how if she's just a friend of because or if is the entire season going to be. Her begging to come back, and you have to trust me and her trying to weasel her way back in. It'll be interesting, but I think she could be a one and done housewife, and it would be kind of iconic, and like we could just move on. I would be fine with that too.
1: Interesting. I don't need to see her with Linda. Yeah, I don't Linda, know. I, <laughs> I feel like I thought that, but now I'm starting to wonder: like, Bravo still seems to be letting her talk to media and like she's you know, being very vocal on her social media accounts, and I don't, I don't know if she has a plan for redemption. Like I, you know how Erica actually planned it all out, oh, totally, and even no, kind of showed us. I, I, I couldn't believe Monica came to the reunion guns blazing. I was like,
0: whoa, Monica! Like you clearly didn't talk to anybody if you're trying to preserve your role in the
1: show and come
0: with some humility. She was just like, you're a bitch, you're a bitch, bitch, you're this, you're that, like. Girl, maybe take it down a few notches, you know?
1: And, yeah, it always goes to like, oh, she called you a something, something, or a stupid bitch, or whatever. And she's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And then who hasn't called someone a stupid bitch? <laughs> like, it eventually gets to right, like, it's hilarious. It. Very Kelly Dodd. Very. It's, it's, right? you say something with such conviction <laughs> and then immediately just go backwards. Now, what did you make of Mary Cosby's display this episode?
0: Give me a break, Mandy. I will never forget her talking about being petrified to go to a 7-Eleven because of the black men in front. She is the worst. I don't buy this racism thing for a second. I think it's, I, I, I think she's, I mean, I've said this before and I'm not scared of Mary. I think she's one of the most horrible people we have ever seen on our screens. Ever. Like on any show, I think, and by the way, doesn't mean I didn't enjoy her a lot of this season, right? No, I yeah, <laughs> because she's incredibly entertaining. But she's a she
1: is a terrible person. I'm sorry. No, I I think so. It's just how easy it is for her to berate people, and oh but God. do you believe that when she is offended and hurt, then she's truly offended and hurt? Because I I kind of do. It's like she doesn't get. It's almost like it, she truly doesn't comprehend when she says mean things that it matters and that it har- hurts people the way that she gets hurt. Like she just can't comprehend that. But when Heather makes fun of her chairs from Whoville in her house, <laughs> she's like, that's worse than me calling you inbred. But do you
0: know why it's worse? Hmm. Because all Mary cares about is material things. I- I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, okay. She went over the thing that time- she the possession that she has. That's all she cares about. That's all she care. I mean, I think there's reasons for that. I think it's, there's a lot of pathology there, but she doesn't, she can't go beneath. It's just the clothes and the things and the money. Nothing
1: else matters to her. Her relationship with her son is the most confusing (laughs) and bizarre relationship. I feel like I've ever seen looking at him and how he spoke to her it was like he couldn't form a clear, like, well, sentence to you know. In in and it, it was just very bizarre. Well, now that I mean, have you seen the stuff on
0: social media about him being on drugs and
1: like he's yeah, been, he makes so purple that's probably why- or whatever it's called, scissor in his basement, which is like actually illegal. So why are you you know posting yourself like cooking drugs?
0: I mean, I don't think he's necessarily the brightest bulb in the chandelier. He um I think he on that scene where he's on the couch acting so bizarre, I think he might have been on drugs. I mean, I allegedly. So too. It was I mean, so that, was odd. very and it's really disturbing. I mean, I I weirdly believe that she really didn't know if he was
1: married or not. Like that is insane. I believe that too. I it's like <laughs> you have someone living in your house and you have no control over them and you don't know and they have no rules. I <laughs> remember when she was charged
0: for a minute with like harboring a ref like a yeah a harboring- wasn't it the
1: girlfriend or
0: was Daddy it a different Daddy ended like- up marrying maybe it was a different one maybe it was
1: a different I don't know I'm an
0: underage yeah it's just it's very dark I listened to an unbelievable episode of bish therapist Do you know your bish therapist I've heard of it I've never actually listened she's amazing you I've should follow heard- her yes. social media she's brilliant so she- Amy Phillips kind of cultivated her by having her as a guest and then sort of helped her with her podcast and she did i highly recommend this to anyone listening and and for you mandy this incredible deep dive like she did the work on mary cosby and the whole scandal with robert senior and mary's family i mean I, i won't you know you'd have to listen to it but it's really dark like i i was i was freaked out after listening to that episode freaked out so there's a part of me that actually pities mary because i think that she was a victim totally but i'm not convinced that she was ever a good person which i hate to say about somebody but But i
1: don't expect people to be good people or what (laughs) i also don't view everyone as like good or bad right like you can be good in certain ways bad in other ways but it's so let me ask you this yeah
0: real quick on that subject because i just saw i was on twitter right before we hopped on and i saw somebody post um lisa barlow's uh, political donations, and you know, everyone knew she donated to Ted Cruz, and then there was one to Donald Trump. And remember when Monica called her? She had that great dig where she's like, "Donald Trump, love it." Or what is she like when she's reaming her? Out. I
1: couldn't understand it. It exactly. was hilarious.
0: Whatever it was, it was awesome. But and they're like, "This is very important information about Lisa Barlow. Like, we can't have her on our show because you know Trump uh, was the one that's responsible for you know Roe being overturned, and 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 obviously like." You know, I make no bones about I'm liberal politically, and and you know I think Trump is the worst person on the planet. Like it is nothing, but I'm like, I don't care. I, yeah, I, mean, I know <laughs> Lisa Barlow is a fantastic reality show character. I'm not hanging out with Lisa Barlow. She's not a role model of mine. She makes great television. Like why do? And that's why, honestly, with Ramona, I was like, keep Ramona. Ramona's an amazing character. Like I just feel like. Why are we expecting these women to be good
1: people? That's where I disagree about Ramona. I got bored. There was no new okay, story with almost all of even Sonia. Like it's all the yeah, same thing fair. over and over and there's no new anything. Well, that's a
0: good reason. And so, but it isn't because she's a terrible person. No. To be bored by them is a much more important reason. Yeah.
1: And I, if she truly was racist towards production, that also is a reason um, they should never have to work in that kind of environment and um the fellow castmates shouldn't have to work in that environment
0: yes i mean that's breaking you know your 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 are breaking
1: your contracts yes. exactly like yes. that's
0: unex- like that's any workplace that's but who not she acceptable.
1: voted for no exactly the thing that came out i'm still not sure that it was lisa barlow because it's all the donations were lisa barlow lisa barlow and then it was lisa c barlow and i'm like there could be other Lisa Barlows out there. Why is this one C? Why is it that different? Like, is it the same address? Is it, you know, it's but well, one thing about Lisa Barlow, she's going to tell you, Mandy. <laughs> so <laughs> stand by
0: for either nothing or comfort or or saying I, this is not me.
1: I think why some people get frustrated with her is because she says she's an ally to the LGBTQ community and that her uncle was gay and all these different things. And then she votes for people who are not just not allies, but like actively um, trying to pass laws that harm the LGBTQ community. So guess what? A lot of
0: people do. Right, A lot of people do. A lot of people are massive hypocrites and vote Mainly because of their own pocketbook, and yeah. and even if they are socially liberal, they just care about their taxes, or they love Israel, and they can look, uh, you know, and they can look uh, away from everything else, but they think Trump's going to be good for whatever it is. Like, yeah, many many people on our screens and off our screens are big huge hypocrites, and that's just the way life is.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I also think people are like, allowed to have their own you know, political opinions. And I'm just glad people are voting, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. I w- <laughs> Good point. Good I'm like, point. I want all the housewives to vote. I don't care who yeah. you vote for. It's just really important to participate. And, yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. Um, anything else on, oh, the, the racist stuff with Mary. So you, you touched on it. I thought it was so interesting that Whitney seemed most concerned not with being labeled racist, but like having said something that hurt Mary because she's like, did I say anything? I, yeah,
0: I thought that... Whitney's reaction was incredible. I wouldn't have given Mary any of the grace that Whitney did. I thought Whitney like fell on the sword for basically having no idea what Mary was talking about. But she was like, OK, you have a feeling that I'm racist. OK, like she let her have it, which is crazy to me. Because and I, it's like well, how can you just say that to somebody?
1: <laughs> but always, you know, oh, I don't know, sometimes you can get a feeling like as a Jew, like someone just hates Jews. I would
0: never say it. Unless I wouldn't I, say I, it. I, right. Yeah.
1: Like actual,
0: and but Mary just says it because she thinks it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, what I found so interesting was her talking about the church and then to see Heather and Whitney be like, no, she's right you know, and talk about... But,
0: not a, but hello, Whitney hasn't been affiliated
1: with the church in and years. neither is Heather. So exactly. that was ridiculous. also kind of odd. And then when Lisa was like, I'm, you know, still, why don't we... I'm the only Mormon on the stage. Like, why not ask me? It's like, well, you're not like an actual Mormon. <laughs> you know, and then she, she called she herself said, a Jewish, Jewish Mormon.
0: Mormon <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I'm like, that. Right, now we're in a whole other territory. Here, I was honey. like, this is a little yeah. bit nuts. Like, you it's know, wild. what does she
1: really know about like the true history of the church? And the Mormon church has not really admitted they're wrong, but they changed their rules. Oh, yeah. We know she knows nothing because she admitted she hasn't even
0: read read the the Book of Mormon. (laughs) Like, girl, she, I mean, I'm sorry. She's a great housewife. She is, and so is Meredith. I love Meredith. She makes me laugh so hard.
1: Her, how she says things is just so interesting (laughs) to me. She's wild. Yeah. I, all of them are so damn entertaining yeah. I'm so entertained by Salt Lake. They're just Wonderful bonkers. season. Amazing. Best season yet. Love it. Okay. Let's get into Southern Charm. So, so do you know that last time I was on your podcast,
0: I had just started watching it? Yes. From the beginning. It was and like, remember were you I on season you,
1: like two or?
0: Yeah, it was like, early seasons. Mm-hmm. I was probably two and I was not, remember I was not enjoying it. And then season four, Things started to shift. Austin came on. They started to weed weed out Ravenel, who was really my biggest problem with the show. The production level went on. It started to find its footing. And then I started to love it. And then by season like six, I was like, love, you know, and then it just kept going. And now I am a, a total fan and so glad that I put up with those horrible first three seasons because it
1: got me to where I am today. So I just so wanted to preface it. Season two <laughs> was one of my favorites just because watching thomas ravenel run against lindsey graham in the primaries and (laughs) lindsey graham have no idea that he's running against someone (laughs) it's
0: just just i just i cannot (laughs) hilarious but he was he was one of the most vile people i have ever and Catherine, i can't with her either so i was just you know they kind of phased her out of a bunch of seasons which was good but i really I, i hope she never comes back either they were like the worst part of that show
1: And I feel bad for her because just like, you know, with we said with Mary, like, I feel like she's been a victim, right? With Catherine, I really do. But she also hasn't taken any accountability. And for her and people say, oh, he, you know, knows judges and all this stuff. To have your children taken from you is quite a very, it doesn't happen easily, so I, I don't want to like say who's, you know, sides or anything like that. But it, it does, you know, and then when she wasn't showing up um, to film or she wasn't answering her phone, all those, it's like something's going on. And I really, really, really hope, you know, and then we saw this year while she wasn't on the show, she like hit someone during like a school traffic crossing. Yeah. And I really want her to get help. Right? Because I think she needs it. And many people on the show seem to need it. And he needs it too, by the way. I'm sure. But I think he's kind of beyond help, unfortunately. (laughs) But I don't think Catherine is. I don't. I think she has goodness in her. And she's just been...
0: I liked her for a bunch of seasons. I was like, oh, she just needed to get away from Thomas. And then she just turned sour
1: for me. But yeah,
0: I agree with you. She's
1: redeemable. She also seems to not um, like when people are happy. So couples. So I've noticed like she's the reason Cameron's not on the show anymore because she started spreading a rumor that Cameron's husband was cheating on her. And there was, to my knowledge, literally no actual rumor. And she did the same thing. I clocked it with this um in the first part of the reunion for season 10 that she she's said in- the stuff about Paige.
0: Um, Catherine? Mm hmm.
1: Remember they so said where been, did that rumor come from? I need to
0: correct the the record because we're we just finished season nine and season eight was Catherine last season. Oh,
1: so season <laughs> and I'm only nine, clocking sorry. this. Yes, well, I'm only
0: clocking this because I'm literally just finished you know <laughs> season eight a
1: day before season nine reunion starts. I'm thinking of Vanderpump, which is on season yes, ten going exactly, into eleven. Exactly. Uh, I apologize. No, <laughs>
0: it's fine. I just you know for the people at home going screaming into the podcast. I like, yeah. know.
1: I'm and, sure I get um, things wrong all hilarious. the time. No, it's all
0: good. You're you're more accurate than most. So yes, I. You're. it's very interesting you
1: say that. But also, didn't Taylor throw out the page cheating thing? She did. But then when they asked where it came from, Lava oh, was like, character. I heard it too. And it was going around at last year's BravoCon. Wow. And when they were like, it was someone on the cast. And the, then Andy said, does that person have red hair? It- <laughs> so... That's what I thought. Now, this is the question I've been waiting to ask you since I found out that you finished. Whitney is both the cast member and an executive producer of the show. I don't know anything about production ethics, but that feels like a conflict of interest.
0: Well, it has been. I mean, again, someone who's ingested nine seasons all at once is like, don't forget he dated Naomi. He was sleeping with Catherine. He, I mean, this is not like the, 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 him showing the Taylor nudes to the team. There's like only one of many infractions, quote unquote, over the years. Here's what I think. And again, I have no idea. Um, I, I don't know the team that makes the show. I know who they are, but I don't know them. I think what happens when somebody brings you an idea is that part of the negotiation is they want executive producer credit and him and his producing team. I think it's like him and three guys, they all work together. They do movies and stuff. I think they've gotten the credit since season one. That was part of the deal that they struck, but I don't actually, and again, I have no idea. They might watch every cut and have input. My guess is not. My guess is that it's like, you will get the credit because you brought this show to us and you helped cast it with us but you do not have creative control. So he's like, okay, and then I'll just live my life, you know? So uh, I don't think what executive producer means, like an Alex Baskin who actually is executive producing all these shows is not the same as a Whitney Studler Smith or whatever his name is. So I think that's where it gets confusing to people because he's not actually a hands-on executive producer that's a part of the show. Otherwise, I got to say, if he was a lot of the stuff that's happened in the last 9 years would never have made it to air.
1: Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It's kind of like Mariah on Married to Medicine who brought the idea um, and then was one of the wives on the show, her husband's a doctor, and then everyone got tired of her because she was mm-hmm. acting like she's the only reason that they all the show worked and that's not true like even without them, like without her. Yes, she brought the show. But anyways, and then eventually she kind of got kicked off. And that was so interesting because she was trying to say she was a producer. But then she, anyways. so this is interesting with the Whitney of it all. Also, Patricia is the one through line, you know, aside from Shep and Craig. And uh, I don't know. Is anyone else from this first season still on?
0: Uh, no, just Shep and Craig, and Craig. And Patricia and Whitney. Yeah.
1: So without Patricia, I mean, she seems to be sort of a levity that we all really enjoy on the show. Did you enjoy it? I,
0: I, I not as much as you, Mandy. Okay. I I there was I, I think, with all due respect, I think that you have um selective memory on Patricia because if somebody who binged it from season one, oh, she's you not... could be the biggest asshole. Yeah. And and backstabber and yeah. like conniving behind the scenes. Like she's not just some grand dame. Who's like, come to my parlor? So I feel like her last few seasons she has been that, and it's been fun to watch her. But she was really horrible in some of those seasons early on. She's
1: very misogynistic. Um, you know, that's what I remember from the early well, not seasons. just
0: that, but like she was. Uh, do you remember Ashley, <laughs> crazy Ashley Thomas's,
1: yeah, the nurse, yeah,
0: anesthetist, but the nurse from Santa Barbara who she was one of the wackiest people I've ever seen on television. So she she was but but she basically when she came back like the next season she wasn't with thomas she was trying to tell everyone like patricia's the reason that i was acting how i was the reason i talked to catherine like that and i said all those horrible things were because patricia was trying to pull to turn me against her behind the scenes and everyone was like yeah shut up shut up shut up so i think there was a lot more going on with patricia behind the scenes
1: than oh i we believe were led it to believe yeah i believe all of that i just think when I don't I'm like well you don't have to do what she says like that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> no total by the way I am not defending Ashley at all I'm just saying like I she did she kind of reminded me of Lisa Vanderpump and the way that yes. she was she was the puppet master behind the scenes but not but having other people do her bidding you know but and Lisa then, like, Vanderpump
1: what? was so fun to watch on those seasons. oh my god I you know I just Right? I
0: love, love Lisa Vanderpump. Truly and I
1: think beautiful. Lisa Vanderpump is so conniving and all of those things. I don't actually think she's like kind to the people in Vanderpump <laughs> Rules. She very much like uses the ones that have done well and speaks, poor, you know, all of that. I feel Patricia's the same way. I don't feel like Patricia's just this. But when I say levity... I find the way that she lived, like, her lifestyle to be yeah. so entertaining. Yeah, it's
0: fun. It's like the breakfast in bed and the Michael, get me my martini. Yeah. It's
1: fun to watch. And listen, yeah. it gives
0: the show the color and the character yes. that differentiates it from every other Bravo show. and And that is the reason for it.
1: And the other thing that differentiates it is that it was primarily a male-led cast. Yeah, yeah. And that is interesting. We hadn't really seen many of those types of shows on Bravo. I want to get into this season a bit and this second reunion. I felt the reunion was incredible. Incredible. It was so well done. They were all so well-dressed. It hit on topics I never thought we would get to. Amazing. I mean, what did you make of Shep kind of coming forward and saying, I've got a problem. I need to fix something. The way I'm living my life is not working for me. And I'm almost a little bit jealous of Craig and Austin who have something going for them.
0: Their podcast and the pillows. Well, and (laughs) now they're opening
1: a new bar in Charleston. I saw
0: that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because again, watching it the way I did with literally... You know, from Chef from season one to now, Craig from season one to now, you know, and seeing Craig, I mean, Craig is like a different human being. Mm -hmm. It's the coolest thing. Like, I love Craig. And he was such a big loser for like the first four seasons. You're like, get it together. And you kind of even Naomi was terrible to him. You kind of understood why, because you're like, this guy is useless. And then he just became he just blossomed. He was a late bloomer. And Shep just really never got his shit together because, look, when you come from a lot of money and you don't need to work, this is an affliction. Not always. Some people come from a lot of money, become grinders, and they you know, don't depend on their family money and all that. He wasn't one of those people. And I think he's a snob. And I think that um, he was raised in a certain way and he's gotten away with behavior in his family. Like, so this was interesting because, again, I watched season eight reunion right before season nine reunion. And in season eight reunion, Taylor brings up the way that he speaks to his parents and how, like, it disgusts her, that he's completely rude to her. And he gets really pissed. And he either says to her or says under his breath to someone, like, she cannot, she crossed the line. She cannot bring up my family. And it was very revealing um, to me about kind of how he behaves in the world. And lest people forget, he called Taylor – A fucking idiot Mm -hmm. in season eight, which was like they 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 didn't even make that big a deal about it in the reunion. I was like, this is the this is horrendous behavior. Mm -hmm. So all this is to say is I still have a soft spot for Shep and felt I wanted to give him a hug. And it, you know, did it go far enough? Has he been here before? He has so. He's been here before, but not in this way, not to this degree. It's he's never been this serious, I think, where he's been able to really look at himself. Do we wish he would have announced he's going to rehab and he's changing his entire lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that with everybody. At least it's progress. And I think he's on a journey. I hope that it's not going to just end up in the same place. And I think that um, Taylor was actually the best thing that ever happened to him, to be honest. I I'm not on the... I'm not on the Taylor hate wagon, uh, so it's an unpopular opinion, but you're not, oh. not going to get it here. Yeah, I want to hear what you here. think
1: about Taylor and why. I mean, I don't hate her, but I very strongly dislike what she represents. Well, For me, that's just my...
0: uh, Okay, one thing that really upset me at the reunion was how her brother dying was basically dismissed and Olivia's brother dying was the huge deal. And I get that hers happened over the season, but to barely touch on it, it felt gross to me.
1: So I thought that too, and I did a little bit of digging, and I believe she actually asked Bravo not to keep bringing it up. Okay. I think. Okay. Thank you for that context. I, I think was like, that. I could be wrong. But um, the circumstances surrounding her brother's death are not clear. And so I don't, she don't think her family wants that out there, okay. is my understanding. I'm sure it could come out if people dug harder. But um, I think with um, Olivia's brother, and uh, she said that production came to her and said, How? and her family, how would you like us to handle this? We have footage, we want to be respectful of his memory and respectful of how you're handling the grief. And they said, you know, what could be shown and what would not be shown and what would not be discussed. And then she came out with the cause of death of her brother only when um, like TMZ or those types of reporters were using the Freedom of Information Act to get the autopsy results Okay. So, so that's so, here, so that's that's the, good context. That's my understanding and I tr- and I believe that Taylor when her brother died, like Olivia went over to her and they cried in her bed and oh wow. I think the issue is watching the season back really activated Olivia into being like, "Oh my god, she never was my friend." Yeah. I mean,
0: so back to Taylor, you know, outside of that, um but that was good context. I one thing I didn't understand that I finally am understanding because they explained it at the reunion, but th- that's why it just did not make sense to me all season was the level of everything. Like, I was like, why is Olivia so mad? But what? So because when you watch season eight and then you watch the reunion, she and Austin are not together and they were together for five minutes. So I was like, what is the big deal here? And I get that the big deal with was the lying, but it's even more than that because it seems like what happened timeline was, was that they had the reunion, they... Austin and Taylor hooked up shortly after the reunion because I think Olivia went back to LA, and but then Olivia and Austin dated for like six to six more months after that. They got back together, and so no, they did. It was
1: before. Well, then, then the timeline on the show made no sense. Season eight because they did not date for six months on the season. So when the season wrapped, there was six months between when the season Oh, before
0: the reunion. Yeah. Before they filmed the reunion. Yeah. So it was like they
1: were dating the entire time the show was airing. I went to go see the Pillows and Beer live tour, first ever live tour in Washington D.C. And he alluded to dating Olivia, but we hadn't met her yet. Right, we hadn't seen the show. Right, but in
0: season eight, they bear, they dated the beginning, kind of. They never but this defined was it, after and then season eight
1: wrapped. Right, so that's what I'm saying. So that's okay. Now I get it. So, so that's what happened. So, and then after right. the reunion, he yeah. wanted to get back together. He showed interest in Olivia yes. again, and Taylor yeah. was saying, "Take him back, take him back," right, and saying he really cares about you. And so she said, "Okay, I'll take him back." And then he ghosted her again after a few days. And during that ghosting is when I think he was, like, getting with Taylor. Yeah. And so... I mean, look. Yeah. yeah
0: she She's not... It's not good. Like, I'm not defending what she did, obviously. Like, not... I don't think hooking up with him was the worst thing in the world. No. Definitely, lying about, definitely lying about it was not cool. And But the thing that was confusing to me, again, coming right out of season eight, is that Taylor and Olivia were friends, but they seemed more like show friends. Like, they didn't seem that close. So it didn't seem like, oh, my God, my best friend is hooking up, even though they were broken up. Like, my best friend. You know, it's just like things weren't adding up. But I do think that Taylor's deceit was... Were, you know, the cover up is worse than the crime. I get that. I'm not defending what she did, but I thought the way that she would, I thought for Olivia to go, I understood why Olivia went that hard on her during the season because of her brother's death and, you know, just not having any control of her emotions. It made total sense. But I was really surprised the way she came in so hot at the reunion. And I wonder why it seemed to be even like doubling down and like, I will never be your friend. That seemed like
1: a little much. I don't know. It seems out of proportion to me, and maybe I'm crazy. I think the reason I understood it was it wasn't the act, and it wasn't necessarily even the line. It was the justification that she didn't do anything wrong to begin with, and she right, was. You constant- heard her on the phone. Yeah. Saying, like, what's the big deal? And con- not just then, multiple times when she was talking to Austin, we were well within our right as two single people. Like, she just kept on saying that she didn't do anything that bad and then she tried to make Olivia seem like well Olivia's not perfect either she hooked up with Thomas Ravenel that that was was the worst was what I think like was the nail in the coffin like I know what kind of a person you are you're gonna take my secrets and you're gonna use them against me when it's convenient for you and I I and then act and then hide behind the bible hide behind your Christianity, quote the Bible, you know, forgive as you want to be forgiven and use that yeah. as a threat. The, yeah. the way that no, she you're uses right. her religion right. as a threat <laughs> to others yeah. and then as an excuse yeah. for all of her poor behavior is what I find problematic. No, that's that's
0: a fair point. The, the Thomas Ravenel thing was the worst. I was so mad when she did that because like, who gives a shit? You're literally just saying it to embarrass her. Yes. There's no equivalent here. There's no forgive if you want to be forgiven. There's nothing. If she did something really embarrassing that she doesn't want to expose on national TV, and here you are exposing it. Like there's no if you ever wanted to be her friend again, you're you're right. Like that would have been that I bet you yeah, I bet you're right. I bet if she hadn't said that there might be a chance with them. I that agree. Was just ridiculous. I think
1: that was the absolute like she's like okay i know what i know how she fights yeah. she yeah. fights dirty and then she has all the men stick up for her and say oh this like poor little taylor she didn't that mean was it. weird
0: the rodrigo thing like came out of nowhere i'm like first yeah. of all who are you like we've b- barely seen you and all of a sudden you're bringing you know you're out t- for blood at the reunion and defending taylor who like we barely saw you have a relationship with i just thought that was really strange
1: I did, too. Also, did <laughs> did, did like what? his sideburns not match the rest of his hair? Yeah. Okay. Every, somebody,
0: said, somebody said he was like a weird version of Tom Schwartz and Sandoval combined into one person. <laughs> I thought
1: that was perfect. <laughs> he, he did. He looked like looked...
0: he was taken from different – he was like a montage of several people.
1: He looked like someone who was like in disguise, like Don't... in witness protection. <laughs>
0: Exactly. It's like, let he grab cute. these glasses and this wig i know it was obviously going for a look but it did not translate
1: it did not so that was really shocking yeah. also the venita of it all when venita said she just dropped a bomb she was like listen i don't believe taylor because i wouldn't funny. talk to my mama <laughs> about someone that i wasn't fucking i get that i'm like okay so what do you think Do you think they did it? I do think they probably had sex. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so awkward between the two of them. I feel like there's this like awkward tension between them. Yeah.
0: I'm like 80% they did, and then maybe like 20% they didn't. Yeah,
1: I'm probably with you. I think when they said like when Shep was like, I know Austin's like sexual prowess. Like I know I was like, like, okay. (laughs) Yep. Like he's not just gonna lay in a bed with someone and just kiss. (laughs) So I felt, but maybe Taylor because they look at her as this like pure little innocent angel, right?
0: (laughs) Those days are over, not when you're sending Whitney your nudes. But I
1: do feel bad that she was like slut shamed over the nudes and that all of that happened. I don't think she's like a terrible person, but I do think she has to get out of her little bubble and stop using her religion as a weapon.
0: Well, I think she needs help. Like, I do too. I, I I saw like a really kind of disturbed woman this season. I, she was so sweet and seemingly innocent like the other season. Like, like she was in at least two seasons before as Shep's girlfriend because they were together a bunch of years. And it was like, she seemed great. And then all of a sudden it was like, who is this person this
1: season? It was a completely different person. I think she also truly believed she could change Shep. Yeah. And when she realized (laughs) she couldn't and that she got screwed and she's the one and she made those decisions herself, like she chose to leave her job. She chose to travel with him, all of that stuff. And it didn't work out. I think she's absolutely a little embarrassed. Um, Okay, so Shep. So I had thought that when he was in Costa Rica, that he was uh, at rehab I but he was doing that. ayahuasca. Yeah. So it seems like he's really, and I and that can be really helpful for people. But when I heard on Watch What Happens Live with Leva, Craig, and Austin yeah, that he's that. drinking beer only, that was very suspect because you can have 15 beers and be very, very drunk.
0: I agree. And again, I am not a chef apologist and I think he needs to get sober sober. But... I think that the beer doesn't get... I don't think he's doing that. I think this is yeah. his slow roll into finally Dude, getting sober. Getting sober, yeah. And I just don't think he can do it. Like, this is his crutch. I do believe he's an alcoholic. Again, my armchair diagnosis, watching yeah. him through the years, he has a real problem. And some people, I guess, just cannot quit cold turkey. And this is going to be his journey. And I hope for him that he gets sober. Because I do think that... I, I do think that he could get to a better place with his life. I do. I think it's it's listen, he talk about late bloomer. I mean, the guy's like almost 50. But um, he's very smart. He obviously has people who love him. He comes from it seems like a good family. Like, he's got the ingredients, you know, like, it doesn't seem like he's had some huge traumas in his life. Like he seems like he has the potential to like, have a good life.
1: I agree. I, I think he could. Um, I am also like, I feel like the thing that no one's saying out loud is the obvious cocaine. And allegedly, he has done this. Um, I know Craig has been open about Craig's addiction with Adderall, those first four seasons where he was a loser. He was an active addiction, very serious active addiction. And he got clean, and he actually went to a tropical place to get – he went to the Bahamas, and he, like – for four months just like detoxed and came back and I think had a different relationship with substance use and so I'm wondering like with Shep like can he give up what he had been doing and I think the guilt that Austin and Craig have is for many years drinking and doing drugs with him and then all of a sudden now they're like not cool bro you know.
0: Yeah. And I think also, they probably felt like if you're not going to do it, do it, then we're not going to listen to your bullshit anymore. Like you either are getting sober, i.e. rehab, or we have nothing to talk about. We don't need to hear how you're struggling. We don't need to hear how you're only drinking beer. Like, we're done enabling you. Like, it's either shit or get off the pot. I mean, that was the way out. That was what I took from it.
1: Yeah, it's just hard because I think Austin still does those things. And but he can sort of quote unquote, manage it. In a way that, like, he knows when to yes. stop. He knows, yes. like, how to be sober, you know, when he needs to be, like, that kind of stuff that I just think Shep isn't able to do. It's also interesting that they're opening a bar, Austin and Craig, when I thought Craig was basically saying that he doesn't drink anymore. I mean, just in, like, Someone who's sober was promoting an alcohol
0: line, one of the housewives, <laughs> who am I thinking of? And I'm like, what? Aren't you sober? Like people are like, even though I don't drink, like Margaret Josephs has like a whole line. Like, But she has people, a line of
1: non-alcoholic No, beverages. sorry. It's
0: not, you're right. It's not her. I can't remember who it was, but I was like, this is bizarre.
1: Candy? Yeah.
0: No. Candy doesn't drink.
1: But she's no. also like the best businesswoman no. we've ever seen on Bravo. Yeah, it's not candy.
0: So. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I think... um uh i think it's possible to do it you know if you're looking as more like a business venture and you're not like the toms that are like hanging out at the bar every night
1: yeah i think so too it's just very it's just interesting to watch people struggle with substance abuse on these shows and then try and figure out a way to stay in the lifestyle without the negative consequences and um i think a lot of people can relate right so totally. it is interesting Listen, to watch. you don't
0: want to miss out. It's like when Shannon, after her DUI, and she was still doing Trace Amigas. And if you believe Tamara, one of the main reasons they broke up is the Trace Amigas is because she didn't feel like she had changed her relationship to alcohol. And, you know, I kind of get it. But I again, I don't necessarily yeah. trust anything Tamara says. But <laughs> I also believe that that would probably be, you know, a factor, or at least an existing factor, because... I don't think that Sh- Shannon's a little bit like Shep like that. Like she just, yeah. her whole life has been about drinking and using drinking as a coping mechanism and having, being the life of the party and loving it like re- like alcohol. I mean, I will never forget what Bronwyn's wedding, her and John Jansen. I've never seen two people more committed to bringing alcohol to a dry wedding than those two people. It was, remember the way they were yeah. going to liquor store? I mean, it was like- They a looked mission. like 18 year olds. Yeah, exactly. It was
1: wild. And I was like, wow, alcohol is really important to them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Again, as always, I love hearing your thoughts. I am interested in the fact that, like, you feel differently about Taylor. I I think actually a lot of people do. It can't be just you, you know, and maybe we'll get to see a different side of her uh, next season. You know, that's a little bit different and we can all change our minds. <laughs> my hope is that my my secret hope for how that story evolves is that she and
0: Shep get back together and we try and we see how if that can sustain itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that would be very interesting to watch. Not in like an annoying, desperate way of like she's ending up in his bed. Like Like, Like, that was so triggering. Them both working on themselves. Yeah, like like, like, we're going to be adults and we're going to really see if we can do this. I mean, it's interesting because they're really different people. Sorry, I know we're wrapping this. But, you know, again, (laughs) with, with with the hindsight of having watched all the seasons together, like one of the things for her that led to the breakup, other than him cheating on her, is that they were at like a Michelin star restaurant in Europe and she was like disgusted. She was just like, I go to other countries and like go help the poor. And you're here like complaining about the escargot and the caviar. Like they're just oriented very differently into the world. And I think that's actually what attracted them to each other. Like, I think he likes that about Taylor Mm -hmm. because she's not into his money. Like she doesn't really care about his money. You know, she's down to earth in that way. And kept her job she was appalled when he asked her to leave her job she was like what are you talking about she wasn't like yeah please support me she was like i don't want you to support me so i think he respected that about her and that's what attracted her him to her and i think what attracted her to him i'm still working on that i'm not sure
1: well i think <laughs> he's tall well no i think he's very well read and he has yeah. a lot of like interesting opinions and he can probably a very good conversationalist yeah true you know and I also think that there is like a really wonderful side to him that we don't get to see very often because totally. Cameron, it, you know. I was just going
0: to say, in the early years with Cameron and that friendship, you it was a genuine like sweetness to him with that. And like a sister, like where he was actually caring. Like he's he's actually shockingly not a narcissist in the way that most people on Bravo are. Like he genuinely seems to care about other people. I think he's so. Self- up absorbed and he's a big baby but mm-hmm. I don't I think he actually does genuinely care about other people and his friendships and his relationships he
1: does I do too I think oh my final question final yes. do you and then think we're, Madison we're. has then kind of replaced Cameron like is she the new she's been narrating
0: I know. And that's what's again so crazy when you watch it as a binge the way I did, because Madison was like unhinged, Hinged, right? For two seasons. Like she I the fact that she became the cute little Jessica Simpson Cameron character is wild when you watch it all together like that. I'm like, how did she go from like, you know, the the Scarlet Letter off the rails, toxic, lying, conniving, you know, if you believe the guys that are like she's the devil to like, hi there. I'm happy. I got my husband and my kid and everybody's so funny. And I'm like, "What? what, what? this is Madison. Yeah. So um, I love her on the show. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like the 180. There is a little bit of a whiplash, a little bit of whiplash.
1: I feel like she always was a mom, though. And she just didn't show that part until yeah. more recently. And so we only saw the part True. of her that was in the relationship which was a very toxic relationship and they seem but to, she
0: would give it to shit out not just to austin though like to she everyone. was exactly like she was mean and she's yeah adorable and sweet now like it's crazy
1: i think she can be mean i think it just when she's content like yeah. she doesn't have like Stasi yeah. could annihilate people with her words but i don't feel like she feels the need to do that anymore yeah Good it point. was like almost like a defense sort of a uh, mechanism. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, Eliza, tell now everyone, we're really wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you. Any um, things you want to plug? You always have so many interesting things that you're working on. Your podcasts are just incredible. Thank you. Um, so you can find me on social media. Best place probably
0: on Instagram, ayr media. My name Elisa Rosen, and we have Queen of the Con Five coming out in March, so if you keep your, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you will have uh, updates on when that comes out. It's a really interesting season, very different than our other ones. Um, and then we've got a bunch of stuff coming, um, starting with starting in the summer and then into uh, the rest of the year. So keep my social media on your feed for all updates, and uh, yeah, a lot of really interesting,
1: cool stuff coming up. Thank you so Thanks much. For I me. love having you on. I have like the best time chatting.
0: Oh, <laughs> me too. And I love, I say it every time, but like I just love your podcast so much. I think you have incredible insight and you always end up changing my mind on multiple things.
1: So you've, of course, done that today as well. <sighs> well, I think many things can be true at once. Yes. You know, so sometimes you want to lean into the like believing the best in someone that you already like to begin with. Like Taylor is, I think it would be harder for me to dislike Taylor if I watched all the seasons together, right? Like if I went straight from eight to nine, I'd be like, what did he do to her, you know? (laughs) But watching it like slowly, like drip, 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 I was seeing like a slowly a different kind of side of her that made me be like, I don't know if she can be a good friend the way that Olivia wants her to be. I also want to say, sorry, and then we'll
0: really end it, but in closing, I'm glad you said that, I do think that what's not kind of studied enough is the effect that the being on television has on these people and their Uh, behavior. Yes. And I do think that there's the pressure to be interesting. There's the pressure to have a storyline to stay relevant. There is, you know, the fame and the, and the following and the DMS and all that gets to your head. And I do think that it fundamentally changes people. And, um, And that's just unavoidable. Maybe it makes them more of who they are, or maybe it brings up things they never knew about. And you know, it's just an. Someone, someone will much smarter than me will write an incredible
1: book about that one day. But it's. I think I find that very, very interesting. Me too, because I think people who are naturally kind of narcissistic, not like diagnosably, but just kind of tend to that, this could tap in and they could just become totally inundated and obsessed with themselves. And others who maybe don't have that tendency are steered in that direction because part of being on reality TV is being into yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think Taylor's shy, actually. If you watch her over
0: the years, she wasn't craving that spotlight. So it's just interesting to see how all of a sudden she kind of likes it. Mm -hmm. and maybe wants to keep it, you know. So anyway,
1: just all food for thought for your amazing listenership. Yeah, guys, thank you for listening. I've been having some really long podcasts the last few weeks, so I know I like it. I like having these long-form conversations, so... I very much appreciate your views and I just think it's so interesting that we all watch the same thing and maybe watch it in different ways, binge it, watch it over time, but we can have such different ideas about the people that we're looking at and that's why I think it makes it fun to talk about it because we all see things a little differently. Only, but you're so wrong about Morgan and Kyle I know I was going to say rest. I will eat my
0: I have a feeling I'm, I'm going to be eating crow I'm just yeah. waiting for that it's gonna gonna going to come out I think come on. I
1: know I just don't want to speculate on I don't know after I all the stuff love that Denise. you're holding on I kind of love that you're holding on to it <laughs> uh, so,
0: so it can be really just shove it right in your face no it's funny <laughs> um, but I, I do appreciate you having me on as usual and I love talking to you
1: No. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.